Hello, I'm Javier Gomez. This is the Greg Bennett Show. Any questions? Welcome to the Greg Bennett Show presented by Any Question. I'm your host, Greg Bennett. And I've just finished a wonderful conversation with Javier Gomez Noya, my longtime friend and an athlete that I regard as one of the greatest we've ever seen do the sport. Uh, in fact, nobody has won more races than this man. And nobody has over- had to overcome probably as much adversity as he has. Um, I know athletes like Alistair Brownlee and Jan Fredino have had quite a few setbacks, but Javier Gomez spent the first six years of his career fighting just to be allowed to race. And then, you know, when you look at 2016, when he broke his arm uh, after falling off a bike four weeks before the Olympic Games, where he was a hot favourite to uh, give Alistair Brownlee a really good run for the gold medal. You know, he's had that. And then this last 10 months has been a struggle. And we spend the first half of this episode in really dissecting this this year, dealing with long-form COVID and then now a stress fracture in his femur. But there's a lot to learn this one in terms of um, how to deal with setbacks and have as a true inspiration in the way that he's managing his uh, both mental and physical and emotional self to get himself ready to try and be the best in the world come 2023. Um, Just a great episode to be inspired. We then spend the second half of the episode dissecting this year's Ironman World Championships in Kona and really trying to figure out who we think is going to be a player in that race. A little bit of housekeeping before we go on. I just want to thank you all again for for listening for sharing and of course your feedback uh, i do appreciate your feedback you can find me on instagram twitter facebook whatever and you can give me feedback I, I do appreciate it and i will get back to you there on any of those platforms also i want you to go check out any question the app that i'm building with my business partner ed baker uh, any question is on ios and android and the real purpose of what we're doing at any question is to democratize access to insights from the world's greatest experts and just to help people fulfill their human potential and the mission i guess at the end of the day is to build the most impactful living library of just trusted insights and expertise that's been authored by the greatest of experts in every field and right now we have about 500 experts across a dozen different channels it's free for the first hour javier gomez is on there you can find him anyquestion.com forward slash javier gomez you can listen to all these answers there and you can ask him follow-up questions here as well i hope you enjoyed this episode episode as much as I did. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right. Today, I'm joined by one of the greatest we've ever seen do the sport of triathlon. His consistency, versatility, longevity, and just sheer brilliance are unmatched. He's a 10-time world champion and without doubt has won more races than any other triathlete in history. These last 10 months have been a little rocky, but overcoming adversity is what makes this man just such a legend. He was fortunate to even just have a career to begin with. You know, when he first started the sport, he was uh, the High Council of Sport in Spain revealed a cardiac anomaly. And that finding led to a six-year battle between him and the sporting administrators in Spain to allow him to even have an international career. But since winning that battle... He has raised the standards of the sport for his entire career. Just as impressively, he's also been able to reinvent himself whenever new pretenders have looked to set to take his mantle. One of the best men I know, it's a privilege and honour to sit and chat with a longtime friend of mine. So welcome and thank you for joining me on The Greg Bennett Show once again, Javier Gomez Noya. How are you, mate? Well, thank you, Greg. I, I, I'm very well. Um, even better now after that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was That's it, so mate. Good. It was like I was doing homework on you and it really is this like, this is not new to you having a year where things don't work out. You, you've battled so many adversities in your career and you just keep reinventing yourself. I mean, does that yeah. keep you inspired? Well, yeah, I guess if you see my results, you know, it looks like it has been a great career with so much success, winning world titles, Olympic medal and all that. But it's true that there has been so many setbacks, so many problems that, uh, as you said, my my career has almost never started. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I guess that kept my feet on the ground, you know, um, because with that, 
that cardiac problem that I had. So what I agree with my doctors was to, you, you know, they allowed me to race for the next like, six months. You know, that was it. And and <laughs> then after six months, we check again and we see. And luckily, uh, things have been the same for the last 20 years, 25 years. So that allowed me to have a great career. But but even when I was getting great success and winning races, I was like, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen next year. I, I don't even know if I'm going to be still racing. So I guess they kept my feet on the ground and, and made me appreciate every moment in the sport and, you know, every win, every um, experience and, you know, everything that comes with the sport. Mm. Yeah. It, it really grounded you from the very beginning, didn't it? It's like this, uh, as much as you had the highest highs, the, the, the lowest lows were kind of still that they were there. Like you, you kind of, you've been through them. I think the biggest one for me was going into 2016 when I watched you and, and, you know, I really felt, you know, Rio Olympics, uh, no, sorry to bring this up, but, but it was kind of like, and then, you know, you had that crash and you broke your, your shoulder, right? Or your arm and six weeks out from those Olympics. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I broke my elbow. Um, yeah, exactly. Four or six weeks before the race and it was one of the uh, another tough moment in my career luckily at that point i had an olympic medal but to be honest i think rio would have been a great race for me uh, the way you know the race unfolded um how that course uh, suited me uh, i had won the the test event one year before but you know you want to win a medal i always say the same you, you have to be on the start line <laughs> That's the first. That's the first thing, and and it's actually harder than what people might think. You know, when you're training. Mm. In, in this case, it was just uh, very unfortunate. I mean, a crush. Uh, but other times, due to injuries, um, illness. You know, when you push your body so hard and you mm. try to be so fit, uh, you know, there's a very thin line between being very fit or being sick or injured. So. So the first thing you have to do is make sure you make it to the start line. I know, it's, it really is. And you said, yeah, it's much harder than it looks. I couldn't agree more. People are like, oh, you know, you, you, you should have backed off. And I'm like, well, I wanted that Olympic gold medal. So I know yeah. I have to peer over the edge where I've never been before and my body's yes, never yeah. been before. And I'm going to test myself because it does matter. Those little yeah. inches do matter. And, uh, you know, you and I both have taken ourselves out of Olympics. Yeah. Um, well, not out. I think, you know, we both had fourth places um, <laughs> due to uh, injuries that, you know, looking back was probably our own fault and everything else I overdid it. But, you know, it is, it is tough to get to that start line of a major day and perform at your very, very best. Fortunately for you, you have, you actually have performed at the highest, highest level many, many times. Like I said, at the top 10 world titles, an Olympic silver medalist, um, you know, you, you have turned up consistently many, many times. You look back at your career and go, wow, it's still pretty awesome. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. I'm really proud of my career. Um, those moments that I'm sure any athlete you can ask, you know, there'll be some of these moments um, where you get injured, where you can't race, or when you don't perform the day you have to perform, and that that's part of the journey. Mm. You have to accept it. You you have to learn from it, and you know. I'm, better next time that's, yeah. that's the only thing you can do i really look at you when you came onto the scene as the guy that really did just push new boundaries and go beyond where we'd all been before like you were the new young guard i know you know you're 39 mm -hmm. now but you were the young guy that came on and transformed the sport to what we we didn't even know what it could be and then a number of years later you were joined by you know the brownlee brothers but it was you and then those brownlee brothers came on and said we're going to change the way we do the sport completely and we're going to move it up the road. I mean, do you look back at that and think, wow, I did make an impact in the sport or do you just say, okay, I was just turning up fit and trying to win races? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be so humble here. Uh, I think I, I did, you know, when I look back and especially the period where uh, when I was racing the Brownlees, you know, I guess from 20... Or 2009 to 2015, 16, you know, those years were, I think, really good, not only for us, but for triathlon, mm. Olympic distance triathlon. I think we actually raised the bar of the sport. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the Browns would agree with me that the race in London, London Olympics, was probably the highest level race we ever mm -hmm. uh, took part, you know, the way we swam, we cycle, and we run. Mm. Still to today, I think it's the the best race I've ever done, probably, and 
and the best race I've ever seen in triathlon or that I've or that I've ever been in. So, so yeah, I'm really proud of those years. And and even though without the Brownies, I probably have won more races. But I think at the end of the day, it was better for the sport. And yeah, it, it, it was a really cool time. Yeah, well, they've said the same thing about you. Both of them been on the show. They've both said the same thing about the 2012 Olympics. That it really was one of the the epic. Uh, races of their careers and they've both said they would have won far more races had you not been there as well so I think the rest of us didn't get to win much at all with the three of you around so you guys might be saying you might have won more but I would have liked to have won just a couple so <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't complain Greg you know, won a, few, a few good ones <laughs> but mate l- l- let's look at these last couple of years let's uh, look at this recently yeah. you know 2019 you, you know you won the ITU long distance uh, world champion to add another, you know, world title. You've won Ironman Malaysia at the end of 2019, which, you know, you were really focused on trying to just hit hot weather, humid races to prepare to win the Hawaii Ironman. That was the goal. Then 2020, COVID year, big time, a lot of events were sort of cancelled and that was kind of a tough year to try and do anything. 2021, again, not a lot of races. You did have the Olympics, which was your final kind of Olympic distance races. You really said, hey, I want to focus on the long course. You know, I'm going to put the Olympics aside. And then you've joined, you know, Dr. Dan Plews as your new coach soon after the Olympic Games. You start 2022 with a win in Pucon 70.3 quite comfortably and all was going great. Take me through the wild year um, that it's been. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was a horrible <laughs> year. <laughs> to be honest, it was oh. the worst of my career. Oh. But I know so many things went sideways, I would say. But, um, you know, I knew clearly after Tokyo Olympics that I was going to do long distance, that when I, I was going to make changes in my, mm. uh, you know, the people I was working with, I was going to change coaches, I was going to change, you know, try a different approach to long distance, uh, regardless of the result in Tokyo. So, um, yeah, I, I, it took me some time to decide who I should talk to, mm. to be coached by. And, and I actually heard an interview of, uh, of Dan, Dan Plews, uh, here in your podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that helped me a lot, you know, mm. um, I kind of liked what he, what I listened, what I heard. And yeah, I got in touch with him and, and we both were interested in it. and we started working together, you know, pretty much from, from zero. I didn't, I just wanted him to guide me in my journey. He was experienced. I uh, said, so it doesn't matter what I've done before or the world titles I won. Uh, I'm new in this, you know, this long distance. I never really um, trained properly or prepared properly. Yeah, I want your guidance. And yeah, let's try to, uh, to get to get the best out of me in this way. So um, we started doing lots of, um, you know, first lap testing, you know, checking the typical VO2 max and training zones, uh, fat metabolism, and some aero testing as well, thanks to a new sponsor, Orbea, um, my mm, new bikes. Yeah. Uh, I spent some time at the Belldrome trying to improve my position, basically trying to, you know, make sure I was, you know, as aerodynamic as I, as I could possibly could. And, you know, and training-wise to for Dan to have all the, the data he needed to start making the program. And then the next step was to set set the goals. You know, I wanted to do well in St. George. I wanted to do well in Kona. We had time for that. And I guess Dan, the way he works, he he thinks of what I need to be competitive. You know, mm. you know how fast do I need to swim? How fast do I need to run that marathon? And mm. uh, how how many watts should I be uh, moving for for the four and a half hours? And yeah, we thought that those numbers were achievable and we started, you know, working towards that. You know, I changed the, the way I trained quite a bit. We introduced uh, high, high altitude training, which uh, surprisingly I had never tried before. I can't believe that you've never done it before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I done it once, you know, I went yeah. once to altitude back in 2007, but I guess I didn't do a right protocol or yeah. at least I, I didn't feel great. It didn't work. And, yeah. and then, you know, I started winning races and everything was going great. So I decided, well, let's, let's not change anything. Yeah. Things are working, you know, but, um, I, I knew that that was something that I could, you know, possibly get some benefit out of. 
So, yeah, I did three training camps in Sierra Nevada in the south of Spain at 2,400 meters. And mm. um, training was going great. I was, I felt I was improving, especially my bike was getting much stronger. I was very consistent in my long runs. And, yeah, uh, I think I was pretty ready to race in St. George um, until uh, literally the day before traveling to the U.S. I got sick uh, with COVID and then the the, um, the bad luck, I guess, or, or the all the problems that I had this year started. So mm. it was pretty tough, you know. It was interesting because around that time, you know, I have a lot of uh, conversations with uh, Dr. Dan Plews offline, you know, <laughs> not <laughs> not just on the podcast. And I, you know, I just, you know, how's it going with Javi? You know, obviously I, I'm friends with you both and I, I, I want to see mm. you do really well and, and it's more just curious. And, um, and he said, Greg, I've never seen such numbers so he he was he was really excited too you know yeah. and i he was devastated <laughs> when you yeah. when you had covid as i'm sure you were but he was lit really really i mean you know this coach athlete is a relationship you know it's a yeah. it's a close bond you 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 go through you know the wins and the losses together and and i think that that woman really hurt um when he when he heard yeah, that he, he, had he was he was i mean the relationship you know with athletic coach usually is very intense when you're trying to be at the highest level mm. and you know i was we were good at you know avoiding injuries and avoiding illness even my wife annika she got covid twice and mm. and i managed to dodge covid for two years and <laughs> so <laughs> And oh. and literally in the at the end of the, the last hard week before start tapering for St George, it was which was actually the hardest week of the year, and I think that's why I uh, I probably you know got some post COVID problems you know because my body was quite weak and and I guess the the virus hit me quite hard, but um, yeah even the other day Dan told me that he was going to tell me to to you know start tapering earlier because he thought the numbers were good enough uh, i was really fit and uh, he was going to give me a bit more rest oh. uh, to be fresher for the race oh, so now he's living with that regret <laughs> that yeah, no, but, I, mean, <laughs> I think you would have got uh, COVID we, anyway we, mate. What we had to do and and yeah, yeah. but that weekend I, I got sick on monday and that saturday and sunday were really good great sessions yeah uh, and really really tough ones and it wasn't my way to madrid driving uh before flying to the u.s and i started to feel a bit sick and not great i said mm, i don't know what's going on here and uh, things just got worse and worse and i did a covid test and it was positive so it's, it's quite frustrating you know especially when you have done all the work oh. and you're ready to start tapering. right up <laughs> to the last moment you're yeah, driving yes. to the airport and then you it's like come on at least yeah. you could have stopped me having to do all those brutal workouts and everything else <laughs> where i've really hammered myself you know both yeah, mentally I want, and physically I want, to, I want to believe that they are still in there some they are somewhere, oh, mate, there's, there's <laughs> nothing the one thing i know about you is uh when you get healthy when you get back going it actually won't take you terribly long and this is one of the beauties of being 39 and having so many years you, you actually have the tools in your tool belt i know it's hard to see that now when you when you're kind of going through you know the sicknesses and now an injury it's kind of <sighs> will i ever come back i have zero doubt i have zero doubt that you're going to come back and you're actually going to be even another level um I, i've seen it with you too many times and I, I think you're at that right age of that 39 to 42 which is a really great sweet spot for being able to come back and be strong and be consistent that's just my personal view so you can well, take it or leave I, I it. definitely yeah i definitely want to come back you know i'm i'm not ready to retire especially because i've seen this year even though if you see my races i only race in pukon mm. uh, with a good race but it was a long time ago early january but the training i was doing the numbers i was eating you know dan knows those and i know the husband and, mm. and so i knew i know I, I was very fit and i would have been competitive you never you never know how if it was enough to win or to be fifth or tenth or whatever but i was going to be competitive for sure so i wouldn't like to retire without giving my best shot for for a long distance race you no, know because don't. even though i've done a few of those yeah um i think i've never performed at my best level so You've never been coached properly. Like you having somebody that understands the science is critical to perform well. 
on on yeah. the elite stage, especially at long distance, even short course these days. The, the, the gains that, that people are making by using data, by using science, by using sports scientists to understand the information that they're collecting and deliver it to the to the athlete. Um, I'm looking forward to because, you know, we, we were speaking probably about this time last year about, you know, what coaches and things. And I was kind of like, yeah, this is exciting that you actually leaning into this a little bit more that, you know, not to say you haven't had great coaches in the past, but to having somebody that's a little bit more sports science specific, I think, I think it's great. I think it's what I needed. Um, uh, after I, you know, I knew how to, to be very fit for Olympic distance racing. And I had great success with Carlos and he understood what I needed. And mm. yeah, so that, that worked great. But, you know, at this stage of my career, I just wanted to try something different. And, you know, um, I don't have much time to, to for trial and error. So I wanted to go with someone who could who had experience and the knowledge and and I thought Dan was the right person for that. Yeah. How has the training been different? In many ways. Uh, the only training for long distance compared to, mm. to Olympic distance is going to be different, but yeah, it was way more specific and focused on, on the bike, which is what in the main thing that I needed to improve. And I think uh, we've seen pretty good improvements uh, there. Um, also, my running my long runs, my durability. Yeah. I'm not any faster. <laughs> I'm not as I'm probably not as fast as I was before running, but, but yeah, I could do, you know, really consistent long runs at really good pace. Um, and we work as well, uh, a lot on the, on the fat oxidation, you know, specific mm-hmm. sessions for that. It's something that Dan really believes. And I think we've improved a lot there and all the nutrition as well, you know, which is uh, the fourth discipline of the long distance. <laughs> yeah. We kind of touched all the weaknesses that I had and tried to keep the, the strengths they already have, you know, so, um, and training had been very consistent and, and, and I thought, uh, I think I'd actually improved a lot. You got the COVID. Mm-hmm. It plagued you for quite a while though. It wasn't just a quick, you know, a couple of weeks and I'm back going. It's yeah. been plaguing you on yeah. and off for a while, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, actually the worst part started after, after I recovered from COVID because yeah, after the, whatever, 10, 12 days that, mm. that, I, that I had it, I was, a bit, I was sick, not, not too bad. But after that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to, to start again. Let's set new goals. Let's go back on training. But I don't know. I just, I just felt bad. My, my muscles were sore as if I had gone, as, as if I was in the gym the day before, like working really hard wow. uh, for some reason. My blood test was all over the place, really weird values. I even had uh, some heart palpitations. Mm. And yeah, so... Uh, it was quite serious and I went to different doctors and did the different checks and they had, you know, they told me they, they had seen lots of cases like that. A lot of people with complications post COVID and obviously if you're an elite athlete, you know, maybe I was okay to do normal life, but when I tried to push myself a little bit, it just, I just didn't have it. So, so I had to step back, take it easy for some time until uh, things were going to be better with the doctors and, so two months ago, uh, I got the green light from the doctors to uh, everything seemed to be back to normal. So I started training again, um, yeah, you know, getting fitter and fitter and, mm. and we started setting goals. And unfortunately, uh, Kona was not a real possibility anymore as I still had to qualify. And yeah, I didn't, I, you know, there was only a couple of races left like two weeks after I started Mm. training properly again so it was too risky and we didn't want to do that so we decided to change um uh goals and focus on 70.3 worlds uh, i was qualified for that and um and also pto in dallas and possibly another 70.3 after that and yeah so that was going to be my last uh, part of the season but again uh, another problem another setback and fortunately got a, a stress fracture on my femur Wow. Um, yeah. Whereabouts on the femur, up near the head or on the ball? Or? No, it's it's actually closer to the knee, which is quite strange. Wow. It's, it's not a very yeah. typical part of the bone. So yeah, the doctor was a bit surprised, especially because I wasn't really running that much. Um, you know, I was cycling pretty well already and I was uh, yeah increasing my running load, but definitely I wasn't doing anything 
What made you think? What made you go get tested? What was the pain you were feeling? It was like a, it was a pain that I I was a bit uh, concerned about because I had stress fractures before, and it was a bit like that, you know, that you don't really know where it is exactly. It goes along the leg. Mm. I couldn't point it exactly where it was. It wasn't too bad, but it was always there. And after a running session, it just yeah, it got worse, and I knew something was wrong, and. I did a scan and yeah, that that is what it was. So um, yeah, then we had to change plans again and basically finish the season, recover. Yeah, it, it was quite quite strange and that you know you get that type of injury on that part of the bone. It's so deflating, it's not, mate. It's not, oh, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not very common. And um, yeah, doctors were a bit surprised and they wonder if you know COVID post COVID has anything to do with that. It's, it's hard to tell, but. Anyway, the reality is, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I need to take it easy now to recover and yeah, start setting goals for next year. How, how long so, ago did you get diagnosed with that? How many weeks so ago? So this was uh, four weeks ago. Um, okay. already swimming and, and cycling a bit easy. Yeah. And yeah, I have actually in the next few days, I have another scan to see how it's progressing and and hopefully, you know, I'm I'm not in a rush now as I don't really have races in the, you know, in, in the next few weeks anymore. Yeah. So um, I just want to recover properly. And after this horrible year, I'm, I want to give it a try again uh, <laughs> next year and hopefully start racing. You've got to spend some time on figuring out the why of the stress fracture too, right? I mean, is there, I mean, the same yeah, possibly definitely. COVID could be, is there any chance of like bike setup or shoes you're running in? I'm, and I'm not hammering any of the companies you work with because yeah. they're all brilliant. But I just, no, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, running with the same shoe, same brand for with on for years and has been good. Um, yeah. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I was discussing with Dan about this because we, we had a look at the training load in the last few weeks. And yeah, it was a progression, but nothing, definitely nothing crazy or nothing that I, um, I hadn't done before, you know. Mm-hmm. So. It's a bit strange. We'll keep, you know, doing some. Uh, I was in Madrid the other day doing some tests um, in in the lab, uh, strength, different strength of the different muscles uh, in my legs, and uh, some more blood tests, and yeah, try to get some more information. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the moment, yeah, the priority is to recover that. But I'm definitely, yeah, it was it was quite hard mentally after mm. such a bad year. You know, it's just another problem on mm. top. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely committed to to come back. And I know it will happen, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and yeah, I would like to qualify for Kona, uh, you know, whenever I'm ready for 2023. And yeah, and I'll... If everything goes well, that will be my goal next year. Have you been, have your sponsors been, you know, supportive and, you know, is that all okay, that side of the business? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was a bit worried, you know, I'm not, uh, luckily uh, all my sports career every year was a good year, pretty much, you know, some better than others, but, you know, there's, I mean, world titles and lots of great races and I'm not used to have a year like this with so many problems. So I was a bit concerned about sponsors, but uh, to be honest, all of them, they show their support. Uh, you know, it's great to see they are there, not only in the good times, but also in the tough times. And they are not putting any pressure on me. And um, they know that um, I'm the first one who wants to uh, race again and perform. And yeah, they're um, respecting respecting that I need some, some time to recover and they know that I'll be back. So. Yeah, uh, I have full support, which is quite nice. It makes me feel much better. You know, That's I don't awesome. want to let them down. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. This is one of the anxiety pieces that you yeah. know, being a professional athlete, it's like you don't want to let people down, and they've backed you, and you 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 want to show people that you you're capable. Yeah. How's Annika doing with it all? Yeah, uh, she's been quite supportive. She yeah. she um, yeah, it was hard for her as well because she's basically because she saw me that I was struggling and and that it was very frustrating for me, but. Um, yeah, we accept it. We are, we are calm now about it and we just, you know, there's nothing we can do now. Only, you know, look ahead and, and, you know, try to do things properly, try to do things the best I can. I know that I have some good races in my legs and, uh, even though it's been a year, um, you know, with not many racing and, and might look like that I was never there, but I know 
that my training was there. You know, there, I feel that I trained a lot this year, even though I didn't race. Mm. And I feel that I was quite fit at certain parts of the year, especially before uh, St. George. Um, yeah, I, I never could prove it in the race, but I know that I can go back there and, and yeah, you know, prove myself in the near future. I, I have zero doubt, mate. And one thing we've come very <laughs> used to is seeing Javier Gomez on start lines. So it is a bit quiet when we don't when we don't see you on the start lines. It's like it's a strange yeah. year, you know. Um, I mean, it and, is. and look, and everybody, you know, gravitate to it. Whatever sort of new names pop up, you know, it's always the new mm. flavor. Um, it is pretty. It's always amazing to me how quickly we, we, we forget. You know, it's like you and Alistair Brownlee have injuries or Jan Fidino has, uh, have injuries and we're like, oh, yeah, next. Who's next? And it's yeah, like, whoa. Uh, that, that's whoa. normal. That's normal. And I, <laughs> I understand that, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't need to be in the spotlight. You know, no. I don't, you know, I just want to recover and I'm, I'm yeah. confident enough to know that I'll. I'll be there, you know. Of course, it's great to see so many great athletes. You know, it's a great time for triathlon, I think. There's so many different races and big races and different distances. And lots of, you know, n- new names coming up. It's, it's, it's hey, how, exciting to watch. How good was uh, Colin Chartier this past weekend in uh, the Dallas at the US Open? Yeah. Did you see his it run? Was, yeah. It was unbelievable. I mean, I knew him from racing in Spain. He's yeah. been some time racing in Spain. I, I raced him uh, at middle distance nationals a couple of years ago and yeah. he wasn't anywhere near to where he is at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's good to see, he's a great guy. It's good to see new names, um, you know, performing and challenging the the more established ones. Yeah, I yeah, know. I was, I was very impressed. I, I when I, um, announced last year's Collins Cup and he got brought in as first reserve for the US team and mm. that was kind of a big step up in his career and that was you know one year ago and and here we are and he's you know winning the the US Open in Dallas and the hundred thousand dollars and running mm. down you know Magnus Ditlev and and Sam Long and everybody else it was uh yeah. the guy knows how to perform in the heat from what it looked like I mean you and I've oh, raced yeah. each other in Dallas and it's it can be oh, yeah. it can be quite <laughs> brutal but uh you know I was impressed for him, but let, let's do this. Let, let's shift gear a little bit and uh, talk about Kona 2022. Um, it's finally mm-hmm. here after almost three years. Tell me y- your sort of thoughts on how you think the, the race will unfold. Let's start with the the, the men and then uh, mm-hmm. I also want to discuss the women. Yeah. What, what are you thinking when you look at that race? Well, um, as you know, Kona is a pretty special different race and uh, i experienced that myself in 2018 you know mm. is it kind of races that you need it w- it's good to have some experience to to feel the race it's you know there are so many factors there are so many challenges that you're going to find you know <laughs> in the race that it's it's actually hard to perform well your first time um that being said i mean of course christian blumenfeld gustavid and these guys they can perform and they can they are capable of winning kona the first time for sure but especially for that race i wouldn't you know i i think other people like more uh, experienced guys like uh Braden curry uh, patrick langer uh, uh-huh. ben hoffman to mm-hmm. that probably in a faster ironman and in, in cooler weather maybe they won't they are not as fast as uh, you know maybe lionel or eden or blumenfeld but in this type of racing they have a lot of experience they know the race very well and i think they can truly be um, top contenders for for the win so it's going to be quite interesting let's see how the race unfolds but um uh yes yeah, it's definitely going to be an exciting one i agree with you and i i like that you mentioned a couple of those names and uh you know, I just had Patrick Langer on the show, actually. His episode just came out yesterday. And he's one of those guys that people don't tend to talk about a lot. And yet he's a two-time Iron, you know, Kona Ironman world champion, first guy to ever go under eight hours in yeah. seven hours, 52. He won Challenge Roth just last year and was a close runner-up this year to Magnus Ditlev. Um, yeah. You know, he's been through a lot himself. 2019 was kind of his year that was pretty tough, um, mm-hmm. both on the family side and, other, you know, everything else he had. Uh, yeah. I actually see him as a, it's funny, we call him a dark horse <laughs> when he's really yeah, like it's, one, it's one of the greatest crazy, we've yeah. ever seen, you know. He's, he's, the, he's a guy that goes under the radar quite often, even though he's the second fastest <laughs> ever in Hawaii, you know, yeah. uh, behind Jan Frodeno, who is not racing. So um, he knows how to win that race. He knows how to perform in the heat. Yes. Um, and he knows what he has to do, whereas 
you know, the new guys, as I said, they are definitely capable of winning, but you know, this is a very different race. And, and what I learned my experience is that any small mistake you make, you're gonna, you're gonna pay it. It's, it's just, it's a brutal race <laughs> and people take too many risks and there are actually not many guys who can run properly the last 10 to 12 K yeah. and, and Patrick Lang is one of those, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think it's definitely one to watch, you know, but, uh, as I said before, I was like, uh, Ben Hoffman, T.O., these guys are really tough in these conditions and, and they know that race. So, um, I wouldn't focus only in the new names and, 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 you know, all the excitement around the Norwegians and, uh, uh and all these guys who mm. are amazing, but yeah, in a race icona, I think there are more names who can actually win the race. Oh, look, I know we're going to miss plenty of names here, but, um, you know, yeah. we're, we're throwing some out right now because we're just having a chat. And the other one, Sebastian Kinley. It's his last year of racing. His resume yeah. at Kona is absolutely outstanding. Um, I know he'll want to be prepared. And, and the thing with these guys is a lot of them have changed coaches, a bit like you. They've gone and found guys mm-hmm. that are a bit more scientifically based, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they're trying to get that little bit more out of themselves. You mentioned Ben Hoffman and T.O. Uh, then you've mm-hmm. got the young guard of the Americans with, you know, Sam Long and, and Chartier, as we mentioned, mm. uh, Matt Hansen yeah. and Rudy Vonberg. There's quite a few yeah. U.S. <laughs> athletes that'll be in that mix. Obviously, you see the, Lionel Sanders, you know, uh, you know he's yeah, kind of a crowd favorite. When, when, you see, when you see the star list, it's like, oh, this guy, yeah, he could win in a good day. <laughs> Next one, oh, yeah, he could win in a good day. And, and then you have 25 potential winners of the race because – uh, but that's great. That's that's great to see. And and you mentioned uh, Sebastian Kinley, and and it's his last year in Kona, and I really, would really like him to do well. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a he's a legend for the sport, and yeah. and he's still working hard. And I think he still has the ability to to be with the top guys. You know, he needs a good day, and and the race has to go you know the way that benefits him. But I think he can he can do well, and I would like to see him doing one last good corner. Yeah. Definitely. It's going to be interesting to see Sam Long, Magnus Ditliff, Cam Worth. These guys are going to really want to put the hammer down on that bike uh, to see how well they run off it, to see if there is a, a gap in the bike. You know, 2019 was an unusual year because we saw the swimmers for the first time mm. ever, the swimmers held off everybody else on the bike, um, you know. Yeah, but uh, this, this is swimmers where uh, Jan Frodeno, <laughs> Alistair Bradley, you know. So, yeah, you can, you can say they are swimmers, but they're probably the best cyclists out there as well. Uh, some so. of the best triathletes in history, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. But I don't know, I, I guess it's really, I think it's really hard to win Kona on the bike, you know. Mm. Of course, a lot of people going to try and Cameron Wolf can make a difference and mm. and uh, did left uh, Sam Long but um, but they need a good run you know mm. they, they definitely can change the dynamic of the race and some of these guys pushing really hard on the bike might drag other guys that are actually good runners uh, not that they are not but um, definitely they they not only need a, a super bike but they need to to do a good run, that you know, run, it doesn't matter how yeah. fast you ride, but if you blow up in Kona, you blow up really bad and you end up walking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know that first. Oh, me so. too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> the yeah. one time I went there, I got to know very well the Queen K. <laughs> yeah. I spent a little bit too long out there. I remember I, I think yeah, I ran the first 10 miles in under an hour and then the next, um, sort of 16 miles yeah. took me two and a half hours. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way back from the energy lab. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, what I mean, talking about the run, you know, I mean, when you think of people mm-hmm. like, well, we already mentioned, you know, Ben Hoffman and, and Tim O'Donnell, who are just solid marathoners. They're just solid every single time. And then you add in yeah. a Braden Curry and David McNamee, Joe Skipper. Yeah. There's all these guys that know how to run a marathon on the back end at Kona that it's going to be very exciting to see. It'd be interesting to see if Matt Hansen can deliver a run like he's done at Ironman Texas. Um, yeah. I actually think, yeah. yeah. In, in these conditions, I mean, you never know, but I, these guys that you mentioned, they are really experienced and uh, I don't know, I think the, you know, the aid stations are so important and mm. that's something that Patrick Lang does so well. You know, he's able to eat, drink, do lots of things and still <laughs> running at the same pace, yeah. which is, which is quite difficult. And, and I think that's one of his, strongest point you yeah. know he can get all the nutrition in and and he doesn't lose any second when he goes yeah. to the eight stations and um yeah so 
that's why all these experienced guys they they have they have a say in Kona. I think. Let, let's move on. Let's talk about the women. Um, I'm really excited about the women's race. I think this is um, yeah. It's 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 great that uh, Lucy is back. Oh. She's, she's recovered from her injury, and to be honest, I think it's it's hard to imagine Daniela not winning. Mm. <laughs> um, the way she's been performing, and you know all the experience she has, and she knows how to prepare Kona if she's healthy. And I think she's the, the main favorite unless she makes a mistake or, or she does something wrong, which I don't think she will because she's, as I said, she's very experienced. But it's, it's always a very interesting race with Lucy Charles and the top swimmers, you know, uh, leaving out of the water with, a, with, with, with quite some time to Daniela and uh, Lucy. She's, she's so strong on the bike. She's improving her run. So... Yeah, it could be a tight one. And, and then you have, you know, Kate Matthews, Anne Haug, also former winner, <laughs> and with all the experience, Laura Phillip. Yeah, there's so many. You got <laughs> great all those, names. Na- they're the exact names I was going to throw out at you. I mean, when, when, yeah. when you think of, I mean, the top three, and they're just edging out the, the next two, the top three, I would have to say Daniela Riff, Lucy Charles Barkley, and Annie Hug. But then you have Kat Matthews and, and Laura Phillip. I mean, their performances yeah. this year have been absolutely insane. And then you, you, yeah. you throw in some of the, the US names, you know, Sarah True, Heather Jackson, the mums, Chelsea Sedaro, mm. you know. Yeah, I was going to say Chelsea, that she's also um, training with them and, and she's, yeah, she did so well in, in Edmonton and, and she trains really hard. She spent some time here in, in Pontevedra with, uh, with Dan, oh my coach was here. Ah. And, and yeah, we had a little, a mini squad camp before I got injured. <laughs> I think she's, she's fit and she's been, uh, training in, in Kona now, doing, yeah. you know, some acclimatization. So yeah, I would love to see her. Yeah. Among the top girls. Mate. And look, I'm, I'm, I apologize to all listeners. I know we've missed a whole bunch of names, but. Oh yeah. They're, they're... But as I said, if you go through the start list, <laughs> I, I can know. tell you another 25 potential I know, winners, I don't have the but... start list in front of me. So I've just listed all of those, uh, on top of mind. And, uh, but it is great. You know, when I had Lucy Charles Barkley just on the show, she was in the middle of her injury. Um, back in April and it seemed like Kona was never going to happen. Do you know what I mean? It was like, she was like, yeah, of course I'm coming back, but it just, it was a tough place. A bit like we've spent, you know, the first half of this episode with you, it's like, yes, I'm coming back, but I'm kind of in the middle of it. And, and just the, the relief it must have, you know, she went and won world long course champs as a first race back, and then it's just been solid these last few races. It's um, yeah, it's it's so good to see, and I guess the good part of of being injured, you know, being away for so long, is that you come back so hungry, mm. and and probably she'll still, you know, getting fit. She's still getting fitter and fitter, you know, and getting better each day, recovering after the injury. So um, I think she she'll be even probably fitter uh, in Kona than, than she was, um, you know, in Dallas or, or in Samarin, the, the, the few races she, she did after the, the injury. So she could be very dangerous, yeah, for, oh, for Daniela, for, for the, all the other girls. So It's going to be yeah, a good race, isn't it? Isn't it's it going gonna to be a good race oh, to watch, yeah. I mean, I like Daniela. I would, love, I would love to be there, but to be honest, it's, it's a great way, race to watch as well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, actually, if you were going to go out for sponsors or anything else, but no, it's... It's kind of painful no, when you're no, injured to go. Why aren't you yeah, racing? Yeah. No, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and and it's so far away from Spain, oh, yeah. from Europe. You know, yeah. it's a, such a long trip. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully next time I go there, I will be to race. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it, mate. Well, look, when 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 Daniela won in Utah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you remember a post race interview, but basically she was say, "Look." you know, you guys all had written me off and here I am. So yeah. screw you guys. And I think there's going to be a little bit of that in Kona where she's like, look, you guys still don't think I'm back. Yeah. And there's a little bit, you know, she left her coach for many, many years, Brett Sutton, who mm-hmm. it's, I, it was very rare to see athletes leave the Sutton sort of training and actually still have careers afterwards. Yeah. And um, she's one of the few that's been able to find herself again and, and keep performing. So I think that's all credit to her. But boy, I think we're going to see a marathon in this women's race. I, I think we're going to see between Laura Phillip, Kat Matthews, Annie Hug. I think yeah. gonna, it's going to be a hell of a, a marathon from these women. Yeah, probably you'll see Lucy at the front or with Daniela and then, the, you know, Annie Hug running crazy fast as other times. Um, Chelsea Sodara, someone that can run very fast as well. Yeah. Laura Phillip. 
yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting one, mate. It's, I, I can't wait personally. Well, mate, mm-hmm. this has been really fantastic. What, so next for you, focusing on rehab. You got a good team around you for that. Yeah, I think I have a good team around me, and um, yeah, as I said, I'm I'm really anxious to come back and train again. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go to New Zealand uh, soon to spend like a year as part of the you know the European winter nice. there, and um, yeah, I would like to you know get back to proper training as soon as possible and do things properly um get fit slowly and yeah i'm in my mind i would like to start racing quite early in 2023 hopefully you know australia new zealand i don't know i'm considering ironman new zealand or or these races that i always wanted to do but you know they are always so early and i'm always finishing so late the season that you know i never can do them so this time maybe it's a good opportunity for that and sort my uh, qualification for kona as soon as possible and then you know have time to train for it and, and plan it properly um probably i will be training here in europe uh, after march april next year and do my you know high altitude training camps and and yeah keep keep working keep improving and hopefully make it to the start line in kona that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's the main goal <laughs> and uh, yeah and yeah i can't wait for that and yeah looking for the positives of an injury of setbacks is that I'm, i really know that i want to come back and i really know that i'm gonna put everything uh, from my side to to be competitive again you know i'm 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 very pleased with my career i'm very happy if i have to retire tomorrow but uh, i don't think i'm done yet you know I'm, i still i have some some good races and i just want to go out there and, and keep enjoying this this amazing sport you know and mm. yeah when you have times tough times like these you you realize how how lucky you are when you're doing what you like, you know, when you're racing, when you're training, uh, we tend to complain, you know, about training or being tired or having mm. to travel so much. But yeah, but we, when you come to do it, it's, it's, it's actually harder. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to, to be on the line again. I, I love those words, mate. And I, it's been three years since you've been back to New Zealand, right? You haven't been back during the COVID yeah, years. It's have been you? a long yeah. time since before COVID. So uh, I can't wait. Cause you have a house down there, right? I mean, you guys are actually set yeah. up and home and yeah. Yeah. We have a house there and it, it's great for training where we live, especially for running. It's, it's amazing. You know, a pool, have everything I need there and it'll be good weather and yeah, I can I can wait. Have some training mates there as well. Nice. So um, yeah, yeah it, it will be great. It will be great. And and you mentioned bucket list races. Other, I mean, you've been around so long. You've raced hundreds and hundreds of events. On that bucket list, are there any that standouts? You you mentioned Ironman New Zealand. Anything else on the bucket list that you you really would love um, to do? Well, um, yeah, Ironman New Zealand is definitely one of them. I always want to do that one. Especially that I'm, now that I'm spending a lot of time in New Zealand, mm-hmm. I've done most of them. You know, I don't know if races like Escape from Alcatraz. I always wanted to do that one, and I did it. And Kona, I did it in 2018, not very successfully, but I did it. And um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hard to think of race that I haven't done. I know. Yet. I know. You know? I know. I know. It's one of the I, fortunate I would things. Like to, to to do this PTO events. You know, I yeah. was watching uh, Edmonton and Dallas, and they looked. Really good races, very well organized, very professional, uh, a good distance. Uh, then I, the, I like that kind of. Oh, it's the uh, best distance. distance. It's the best distance. Oh, I love it. I wish it's I was still, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's closer to the Olympic non-drafting that, that yes, we both love. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You know, it's funny. Every time I did a seventy point three, I got really tired around seventy five eighty k on the bike. You know, because yeah. I just I'd ride way too hard early. And this, yeah. the, the bike being 80K, I was like, oh, that's perfect. And the same with the, the half marathon. I'd always run really hard for the 12, first 12, 13K and be really yeah. buggered by, you know, 16, 17. And now it's like, oh, it stops at 18. That's way better yeah, than yeah. 21. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> those, those three Ks make a difference. It's a big <laughs> they difference. Really, they <laughs> yeah. do. They really do. How about, um, I'm yeah. sorry to keep, keep you here, but I just I enjoy your company. So I'm going to just chat a little bit. Ashley Gentle. Oh, yeah. I mean, I had her on the show about, I don't know, a year, not even a year ago. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll look at going long course. I'm like, go long, go, go longer. Yeah. And boy, is she I mean, I think up. everyone thought that she could do great long course oh, yeah. for the type of athlete she was in short course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's, she's doing amazingly well. And, yeah. you know, uh, um, during my career, she was also competing in, in ITU and doing very well. And, 
you know, when uh, not like her, she was junior world champion back in 2010, I think, and someone capable of winning world 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 series and grand finals and this kind of top short course races and an athlete like her that she's probably swimming is not her strongest but such a fast runner uh, efficient and and a great cyclist like her i mean it was a matter of time for her to do well in, in long distance it's great it's great to see i mean she's she's really talented she's cleaning up so big shout out to ashley i just want to make sure yeah. i got that in with you because I, I knew you understood her pedigree and background as well and i think she's won noosa triathlon seven times have you ever done noosa actually that's oh a, yeah actually that, that's there's a bucket, a bucket list, list yeah. race you haven't <laughs> I need done to do that one. oh mate I need to do that one yeah you know, i train in in noosa for a few years i spent some time there and yeah i know about that race and yeah yeah it's that's one that I would like to Well, do, it was definitely. always a tough time of year. You know, once I started <laughs> racing more internationally, I, I very rarely did it because you'd come home after, you know, racing yeah. you in Dallas and everything in October and it had been such a long year. And then you go, oh, Noosa's in yeah, November. November. I'm like, oh, see, yeah. <laughs> I, can't do, I don't have one more left. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I haven't done it yet. Other than that, yeah. you know, I, I love the, that type of distance Olympic not drafting. Oh. I did many of those in the US yeah. uh, with you for many years and, and unfortunately uh, not great Olympic non drafting races anymore. But um, yeah, I would have done Noosa for sure if it was a different, have a different date. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I hope we get to catch up in person soon, yeah. mate. But this has been really, really awesome just to catch up. And I appreciate you for sharing. You know, it's not easy to... It's not easy to talk when you kind of, you know, it's, you've had a rough year. So I appreciate it. When you got in touch with me, I was like, I don't really have much to say. I mean, I haven't raced this year. <laughs> I'm going to talk about, you know. But I guess, yeah, it's, it's good to, you know, just to tell you and, and all your listeners um, how the year was for me and, you know, the tough times, you know, racing is not only about the great times and, and winning winning and success, but we have to deal with, with tough moments as well. Something that happens to everyone sooner or later and you just have to stay calm, keep working. Um, yeah, and eventually um, uh, you'll, you'll be back, you know. Yeah, mate. And, and look, I think the reason I enjoy, well, not enjoy, but the reason I like to bring on athletes when they've gone through tough times is, I think most of the listeners are nodding their heads going, yeah, yeah, I'm going through the same <laughs> shit. And it's like, it's not that misery yeah. loves company, but if we can try and learn from each other on how we can, yeah. you know, cope and, and become yeah. better because of it, I think it helps. So I appreciate you sharing your story. Really. Definitely. It's awesome, mate. Thank and um, yeah, thanks for coming on, mate. Well, thanks so much, Greg. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you in person soon. soon. You're always welcome in New Zealand. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone, also for listening. And, and you can find all the show notes, timestamps, and links and everything, coupon codes at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.